Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Hashtag for Families. I want to take you on a journey over the next four weeks that I think can revolutionize your family. I really, I really think so. Matter of fact, I would just go ahead and ask you this question right now. If I could give you a pill today that just would reduce the stress in your family... How many of you say, I'm up for that? Anybody besides me? Okay. All right. There's a lot of us here. The rest of you, God bless you. I'm sorry you don't have any stress. Come talk to some of us that raised our hand. We'll give you some hours. But, but that's the stress. Stress is in family. I mean, we just have it. It's there. It's the tension. But we want to reduce that, you know. And so I, today I want, to, I want to, as I talk with you today, I really believe that what we're going to learn from God's word has the potential to do that. And so, um, as I begin this talk this morning, I want to talk to you again how to reduce stress, but I've got to back up, because when we begin to talk about this subject that we're going to talk about today, we have to understand Jesus' role in our lives, and what He did for us. Before Jesus, when we begin to talk about love, love was not like, I don't think it was like you and I know it today. Meaning, before Jesus, love was primarily a bunch of rules. If you read the Old Testament, before Jesus come, even expressing love to God, which we call worship, is that, man, you had to go, like you had to go get this animal, have it sacrificed, and you had to do, you had to do all these things. It was like rules, keep the rules, keep the rules. And it was sort of like rules equal love. And then Jesus comes onto the scene and, and actually shows us the heart of God. And the heart of God is not that at all. Matter of fact, Jesus is one that teaches, says, Hey, says, we want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Not as a rule. It's not something that, okay, I've got to check this box. No, love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus begins to come in and teach this. And it was so transformational in his day, uh, in his day that people just like, what are you talking about? It was so, such a new teaching because the culture was all about rule keeping. And Jesus come in, and not only did he teach that, but he, Jesus elevated women and children. You know, before Jesus, before Jesus come along, I, I hate to say this, but this is true. I mean, history bears it out that, listen, women and children were, were viewed just a little bit above cattle. It's sad, but that's the way that it was. And Jesus changed all of that. He embraced the women and children. Matter of fact, remember when, they, when they, and if you read the Bible, how the, they started to bring the children to him, and, and the, the guy said, no, 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 the children came. Jesus said, no, no, let them kids come here. He began to elevate women and children in his ministry. You can see that. And, and, and so, uh, so love took a whole new meaning, and, and what Jesus basically did was says, at the foot of the cross, men, women, and children are all equal. At the foot of the cross. 
And so we begin to elevate love and, and we begin to grow. And so the problem that happened is that when you get into the New Testament, you get into you know, reading the gospel, the, the writings of Paul and, and Peter and those guys, is that all of a sudden they had to bring this love into the family model because it had to be defined. I mean, like, really, it wasn't, you know, again, it wasn't defined. It was like rule keeping, you know, you do this, you do that. And there was a hierarchy. And Jesus said, no, before Jesus, it was, you know, it was like, you know, might makes right. You know, whoever's got the gold, you know, the golden rule, right? Whoever has the gold rules. That was the way it was back then. And, and, and so Jesus changes everything. And so now these guys have got this new teaching of Jesus they're trying to teach us. And so the guy, Paul, that wrote the majority of the New Testament, God uses him to teach us about love and family. And so there's about four scriptures that I want to share with you today that we're going to look at uh, that is going to sort of kick this off. And then I'm going to dive in deeper to, to portions of that as we go through this series. All right, so the first one, and we want to throw these, uh, these, these uh, verses up on the screen. And as we look at them, we see the first verse is this one that, you know, that because of this verse right here, the Bible gets dissed a lot, all right? But we're going to break this down, so you just hang on. In just a few minutes, I'm going to come back to it. But look what it says. You ready? Let's read it. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Okay, now listen. Ladies, I want to tell you something. Every time a man would come to me, they don't do that much anymore, but they used to come to me and say, you know, my wives want to submit, so you need to tell her to submit. And so we'd open up the Bible. i say, yeah, this verse right here, this one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, wives should submit. I said, let me say, just ask you something. I said, now, what is the first word of that verse? And they would say, wives. I said, okay, that's the clue is who it's written for. I would advise you to look at the one that says husband and, and focus on that, Okay. Okay, you focus on the one that says husband. You let her take care of that, all right? And, and, and so, so, so anyway, we'll come back to that verse a little bit later. Now, the next one he says is this. Look, again, let's read it together. You ready? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, now why is he having to say love her? Well, the reason he's having to say love her is because before Jesus, again, before Jesus Listen, he didn't love his wife. Remember, it's not like, like our culture today. You date, you know, you fall in love, and then, you know, you get married. It's just wonderful. You know, no, 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 it wasn't that. You know how a guy got married then, a, a lady got married then? Well, this guy who, uh, the guy, his dad said, hey, to this other guy over here who had a daughter, said, hey, you know, I got a son. Yeah, he says, I got a daughter. He says, well, my son needs to get married, so all I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three sheep and a goat for your daughter. And that's it. That's, that's how they did that. And so all of a sudden, the, the boy didn't have any choice about it. The guy didn't have any choice about it. His girl didn't have any choice about it. And they're, they're, hey, all of them, three sheep and a goat, and they're married. And so the, so the Bible writers are saying, hey, no, no, no. You've got you to gotta love her. She, she's higher than a, than a, than a cattle. I, I, know, I know, you know, she's more than, than, than a camel. Your children are more than that. And so the Bible, he had to teach us how to love. We didn't know how to love before then. How to love your wife. And so, and then again in Ephesians 5, or Ephesians 6 and 1, let's read this one out loud. You ready? Come on, you ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, so that's a command in the Bible about family. And then the next one is this, Ephesians 6 and 4. Let's read this. You ready? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Now, now that word exasperate is a very strong word. 
And what it simply means is don't frustrate your children with your words. So dad, what he's trying to say is this is that listen, your words have a lot of weight. Just be careful how you use your word. Mom, your words have weight too. But dad, he just leaned in a little bit more to us and said, just be careful how you use your words. And so today, this morning, what I'd like to do is if we're going to reduce stress, we're going to dive into this family dynamic, and, and I want to talk to you today, and so I want to give you three things today that I, that I know will help you, that I'm, I'm trying to practice, and listen, listen, I love teaching you because some of, we have a lot of young couples here that you're just getting started, and if, you, and if you embrace this now, you know, if you're a student and you embrace this now, your life is going to be good, you know, you're going to, have, you're going to be way ahead of a lot of us sitting in this room right now, because some of us are just getting this. And if you don't get into it later in life, you look like this. Okay, so keep your hair, all right? Okay, so number one, would you write this down? The first thing I want to say is this, is strive for mutual submission in your family. Mutual submission, strive for it. Notice, remember the verse that we read that ladies, I said the one that, that people diss the Bible over, and I know you hate hearing it, matter of fact, uh, we don't even reading in wedding vows anymore. It used to be in, in wedding vows, but we took them out. But the ver- one verse, uh, Ephesians 5, 22, that says wives are to submit themselves to their husband. And, and again, the Bible has gotten written off because of this verse. And many, many people have been abused with this verse. But what I want to tell you is, is that this verse was taken out of context. You, to understand this verse, you've got to go back to verse 21, which is on your outline now. Look what it says. You ready? Let's read those first four words out loud. You ready? Come on. Submit to one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for who? Okay, this is the verse before it says, wives, submit yourselves to the husband. Husband, love your wives. In other words, it's not you submit to this one man's authority. No, it's like we're to submit to each other. The the message of of the gospel of Jesus is is that we submit ourselves to each other. It's that it's a family. As a family, we submit ourselves to each other. We can submit ourselves to each other. And so on the screen, I have this definition of what I call uh, mutual submission and what it means. So let's, let's just read it together. Ready? Let's read this together. Mutual submission means I use all of my power and resources to help you. That's what mutual, it means that all all that I am, I am here to help you. All that I have, I give it to help you. I want you to win. So there's no big I and little you in this situation. There's none of that. And so look what Jesus, Jesus showed us this in John's gospel. Look what he says. Jesus knew that the Father had put, let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. All things under his power. Okay, so that means that Jesus said, okay, I realize, I know that I've got power over everybody. i got power over creation. i got all power. He said, I know that. Okay, he goes on to say this. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So basically, Jesus said, I know who I am. I know that I've got all power. I know I'm the son of God. And so, you know, I'm confident in myself. I know who I am. But notice the next word. Let's just read the next word out loud. You ready? Come on. And so. Let's say it again. You ready? So. Because he knew who he was, because he had the power, then he could do what he's about to do next. Look what it says. So he got up from the meal, took off the outer clothing, wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to, let's read it. You ready? Wash his disciples' feet. 
drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus submitted himself to those who were under his authority. You see that? Jesus had the power, so what he, he, he knew he was, he was a man, he knew he had all this authority, but what Jesus showed us was this, is that even though he had authority and the disciples down here didn't have authority over him, he submitted himself under their authority. He submitted himself under the authority of those that were under his authority. You see that? When he bowed down and he washed their feet. So the message of, the message of mutual submission is this is I am here for you. That's what the message is. That's what Jesus did. Jesus could have demanded anything. He had the power of the whole world. He he could have demanded anything. He could have made it happen. But he bowed down and he washed their feet. What he was saying is that, I know that you're under my authority, but I want you to know I'm going to serve you even though you're under my authority. He was saying, I'm here for you. That's what Jesus was saying. Now let me just say this to you. If you have to walk around and you have to demand your right, let me tell you something. If you have to walk around your house and say, I'm the man, you're not the man. You're not. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you've if you got to tell everybody that, you're, that, you know, that you have authority, that you're in control, that you're the boss, then you're not. If you've got to tell everybody that, then you're not. So I'm telling you, the way that you get, the way that you do that, Jesus says, the way that this love begins to grow, stress begins to go down in your families, is that we have this mutual authority which says, I am here for you. I am here for you. It says that. Okay, now, I want you to go to the second thing. I want to share the second thing because what I'm, what I'm about to tell you now, there's a question that makes this an application. When we ask this question, it begins to bring it home, and the question is this. You ready? Would you write this down? The question is, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? That's the question. What you're saying is, when you ask that question, what can I do to help? You're saying, how can I use all of my power, all of my resources, everything that I have to help you? What can I do to help? You use everything in your ability to help the other person. Now, I know that, you know, we have this uh, feeling today that happiness only comes from being large and in charge, right? We think that happiness only comes when everything's under my control. But Jesus, again, taught us that's not true. He said, the more power that you have, the more you should serve. Again, the question is coming on the screen. Let's read it out loud. You ready? Come on. Here's the question. Let's read it. You ready? What can I do to help? Come on. Some of you had a hard time saying that, didn't you? Afraid that she was going to hear you. She's sitting beside you. Let's just say it again. You ready? Come on, one more time. What can I do to help? Now, now this is a powerful, powerful question. Look, I want to talk to our students just a second. Listen, if you're here today and you're a student, one of the greatest questions that you could ever ask your parents is this question. It's what can I do to help? I know you say, oh, no, Jeff, you don't know. They're going to make me go out in the yard and, and pick weeds out of the flower garden. I'll have to wash the car or something, you know, right? And, and so you're scared to death. But, but if you can just get beyond the fear just a moment, let me tell you what happened. Even if you do it today, you say, well, they're hearing you today. That's right. It doesn't matter because it works. It's like it paralyzes them. It's kryptonite, okay? So, so, so you go today and, you, you know, you go into your parents today and you just say, Mom, Dad, you know, oh, I've got this question I want to ask you. What can I do to help? Well, they're going to just be freaked out, okay? They're just going to be freaked out for a moment. 
But let me tell you something. Here's how you get it even better, right? You want to do it right? You, you let them have some of their friends come over to your house, and they're in their living room or whatever, and, 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 you, know, and you come downstairs with their friends around them, and you just go, hey, Mom, Dad, listen, before I go, I just want to ask you a question. What can I do to help? And, and they're going to be just stunned just for a moment, and they're going to look at you because they're parents. They don't know what to say, and, and they're going to say, oh, oh we're, we're good right now. You're okay. And then when you leave the room, their friends are going to look at your parents. Your, friends are going to, your parents' friends are going to look at them and say, tell us, tell us, how do you do? Oh, we failed at parents. How do you do this? You're going to freak some people out. Parents, let me say this to you. Parents, you know... One of the greatest questions that you can ask your children is, what can I do to help? When you ask that question, it begins to open up positive conversations. And they begin to talk to you. And when they start to talk to you, they begin to, you begin to see into their heart. It draws their heart out. And I want you to be honest with you. I jacked this up. Okay, I'm t- listen, I, didn't, I wish I would have known this. I did not know it. Because, listen, you know, like, I, our kids have a great relationship with their mother. I mean, they always have. And they would talk to her all the time. And I'm like, why don't our kids talk to me? Because the only time they talk to me is like, Dad, my car's tore up. You know, Dad, this, this is wrong. So, you know, every, when they come talking to me, I know it's going to cost me. All right? I just know it. They come talking to me. I know it. When they ask for Dad, I'm like, how much? You know, where you at? Where you need? You know? And seriously, I, I like... And I'm like, what's going on? Because, you know, the greatest desire that I have is I want a relationship with my children. And so through the years, I've learned, I've watched Rhonda. You know what Rhonda would do? Like something going on. Like, every time they come around, she'd go around, just stroke their little head and say, baby, what, what's going on? What's gonna, what can I do to help you? And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you kidding me? I'll tell you, kick them in the rump. That's what you can do. <laughs> But seriously, like, they come around, Dad, what does Dad say? Dad, I say, listen, okay, is your room clean? You know what? Did you mow the lawn? Did you take out the trash? You know, and now, you know, when they, we got a little older, you know, they started driving the car. Like, have you checked your oil? Have you had your oil changed? Have you rotated your tires? You know, so it's like, heck no, we ain't talking to that man. So the question that I've learned to ask that, is, that has helped our relationship grow more than anything else, even now that my kids are grown, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Wives, let me tell you something. The greatest question that you can ask your husband is what can I do to help? And let me just tell you something. We men, when you ask us that question, what can I do to help? Most of us are going to say, nothing. We're okay. Nothing. It's good. It's all good. I got it. But when you say that question, what you're really saying is this, is that I know the responsibility that you bear on your shoulders. When you ask that question, you're saying, I understand the stress that you have on you providing. I understand that that you've got a load on you. When you begin to ask that question, what can I do to help? Guys, men, that's a scary question, isn't it? Let's just be real. You know that when you ask that question, you you're just have this fear that when you ask that question, she's going to walk right over that closet door and open it up. 
and that Ikea furniture that's been in that box since Christmas that you promised you'd put together, and she's going to pull it out, and you're going to have to put it together, and you know all the parts are not going to be there. And it freaks us out, right? Or maybe she might open up that closet door and say, I'd like to introduce you to a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> We're scared to death, aren't we? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but guys, here's what to learn. If maybe before you walk out, maybe tomorrow, school starting tomorrow, maybe tomorrow before you walk out the door, you turn around and say, hey honey, before I go, let me ask you, what can I do to help today? After you dial 911. <laughs> but when you ask that question, it begins to help. You know what it does? It begins to help you lean in. It is this thing of mutual submission, the Bible says. Look again at our verse. Look what it says. In Ephesians 5 and 20, it says, Submit to one another. Let's read the rest of that together. Ready? Come on. Out of reverence for Christ. It's not, it's not about them. It's not about them. It's out of reverence for Christ is why I'm going to do this. Can I tell you something? You know, it's that leaning in part. Have you ever tried to kiss somebody that's leaning away from you? Okay, some of you are thinking right now really hard. I'm going to be honest with you. When Ron and I uh, got married, okay, I had a little trouble with this. Uh, we got married, and we're standing up on the stage, and the church is full, you know, and, and her dad is like right there. And her dad has a, I mean, he's like this authoritarian guy, you know. He's not a mean guy, but it's like, he has this deep voice. Boy, don't touch my daughter. You know, he doesn't really say that, but he says it. You ever, you ever, you ever been one someone like that? You're like, he doesn't say it, but he says it. Like, you know, you will die. Uh, so we get married, you know, and so you get to kiss the bride. Well, I'm a little nervous about this because her dad's sitting right there. I'm like, hey, I got a ring, you know, hey, hey, you know, like that. But, but here's the deal. And so, so anyways, I, it's time to, the pastor said, okay, you may kiss the bride. I'm like, all right, I'm going in. I'm going for it right here in front of him. So I want you to know I've done this before. I didn't, want to say, I didn't want to say that to him, but anyway. Yeah, you're getting it now. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, so I take the veil. I've, I've never been, you know, I've never been married before, all right? So I'm getting married. Nobody gave me, gave me lessons on all this. So I, I take the veil and I raise it up like the hood of a car. Raise it up. So I'm trying to kiss Rhonda. And Rhonda is going back. She's leaning from me. I'm like, what the heck's going on? She's leaning back. I can tell you it was impossible. I'm going, yeah, I'm leaving, trying, to, trying to kiss her. But what she was trying to tell me was, she was trying to tell me to put the veil over her, you know, put it over her. I didn't know. I'm like, no, your dad's not going to see this. <laughs> but I can, I can tell you that, that it was very difficult, you know, to, be, to kiss someone leaning away from you. I can, I can tell you that. And it is really, really difficult to be close to someone when they're leaning away from you, when, when they're not leaning in, when, they, when you're trying to lean in, they're leaning away. And when you ask this question, what can I do to help? When you ask this question, this mutual submission, when you ask the question, it's leaning in. It's leaning in. And it feels good. Because all of a sudden, something begins to grow in your home. And this is exactly what Jesus did, was he leaned in. He leaned. I want to share the third thing with you. 
Before I do that, let me just get you to do something. I almost forgot. We have a next step. I just want, before we go any further, I want to get you to do this. The next step, look what it says. I will do my best to ask someone in my family. Let's go ahead and read it out loud. You ready? Come on. What can I do to help this week? Would you do that? Would you just check that box? I've got to pray for some of you because some of you got to work on just saying that. So check that box so that we can pray for you. So the third thing I hear, the third thing I want to give you is this. Is, here it is. You ready? Ask when you least feel like it. You want to ask when you least feel like it. You want to ask this question when you least feel like it. You want to ask it. Here's the deal. You want to ask it least when they need it the most. You, you, want to, you, you will want to ask this question the least when they need it the most. When someone's being a pain in their backside, you don't want to ask, what can I do to help? You go, oh, I got something to help you, all right. Right? Am I right about that? But it's when they, it's when they deserve it the least that you need to ask it the most. Watch this, here we go. When Jesus saw the Father's heart breaking for you and me, and all of humanity, when he saw his heart breaking, he leaned to the Father and he asked this question. He said, what can I do to help? And the Father looked at him and said, you don't want to know. He said, it'll cost you your life. They will crucify you. They will spit on you. They will curse you. They will mock you. They will, they will do everything. They will persecute you. And eventually, they will hang you on a cross and they will kill you. And Jesus looked at the Father and said, I can do that. He said, no, no, you don't, under, you don't understand. They will kill you. Jesus said, I can do that. I can do that. And we see the scripture bears it out. Look right here. Look what the Bible says right here in Romans. He says this. You see, at just the what? At just the right time. What was the, you know what the right time was? Again, the right time was it was, not, it was not when we deserved it. It was when we needed it, right? The right time is not when I earned it, but when I needed it. He said, at just the right time, when we were still what? Powerless. We were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you this? It was in the moment that you deserved it the least, that God did it the most. He asked the question the most. When Jesus was on the cross, you understand, when Jesus was on the cross dying for you, you say, Pastor Jeff, how is that possible? He died 2,000 years ago. How is it for me? I'll tell you how. Because when he was on the cross, because he's God, Every, every person's face that would ever live flashed through his mind, and he saw you. And you know how he saw you? He saw you at, his, at your worst. 
You know, that, that thing that you're embarrassed about, that sin that's in your life, that every time it crosses your mind, it makes you sick at your stomach and you think, God, how can you even love me? You know that sin, I'm talking about that. When he was on the cross, he saw that. And when you were at your worst, he gave his best. He said, what can I do for you? And you know what that is? That is to forgive you. And that's why he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. At your worst, God gives his best. Did you hear that this morning? At your worst, when, when you're down and when, you, when you're just acting like an idiot and a fool, it's when God reaches down the most and he begins to deal with you the most. And God always offers his best at our worst. Amen. That's why, listen, that's why, that's why there's hope for you. Because right now you feel so messed up. You, you feel messed up on the inside and you don't know what to do with you. I'm telling you, when you offer your worst to God, he turns your worst to your best. God comes in and he moves. You know what? He's standing here today. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now? And if you can see the angels in the room, you know what they're saying? What can I do for you? And many of you today, you know what that is? You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior because you can't fix you. He takes your worst. He takes your worst and he gives you his best. Today, if that's you, if that's you, you say, Pastor Jeff, that's me. Listen, there's a prayer right here. You don't need me to pray it for you. It's right there. The prayer to become a Christ follower. I want you to read that prayer and if that's you, say, God, that's me too. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to check this card that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Now, the rest of you, listen to me. The rest of you that you say, you know, I'm saved, but I'm struggling right now. Watch, watch this. The same Jesus that died on the cross for your sin 2,000 years ago is the same one that's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's saying, what can I do to help? You know what he's doing right now? He's going, and when you say, God, Jesus, I need help, right now, he's taking your need right there, and he's taking your need, and he's taking it to the Father. And he's saying, I know exactly how they feel. I know what they've been through. I, I feel that pain. And so right now, Jesus is saying, what can I do to help? Because he's going to take whatever you'd say to him, he's going to take it right to the Father, and the Father's going to answer. At your worst, God's going to give you his best. Amen? Amen. So we're going to lean in. Oh, I need, about, I need about four more hours to talk to you. So just come the next couple of weeks, all right? Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you because some of you, you know what? You're living in a situation right now where somebody, don't you look around, you look at me right now, all right? Don't you get in trouble because somebody in your family right now is at their worst and you want to give your worst back. But today we're going to walk out of here and you know our question that we're going to have on our lips is, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? When they deserve it the least, we're going to do it the most. What can I do to help? Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your Son, Jesus, I pray that you would just move in our hearts. God, when we, when we ask that question, what can I do to help? Jesus, we're, ask, we're acting more like you than ever before, especially when people don't deserve it. 
when they deserve us to lash out at them, when, when they deserve us to curse back at them, when, when they deserve us just to, just to put them out of our lives. This question, what can I do to help? God helps us to lean in just a little bit and be a little bit like you. And then the stress in our home goes away. It goes down. I just pray today, Holy Spirit, that you will seal the words that you have spoken today on our hearts, that we may never forget them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.